Kili Shuateka Kiviti Hashem, Baruch Haba Beshem Adonai. Rosh Chodesh Tov, as we enter into Bet Be'av, the second of Av, Bezrat Hashem, may we merit to call it Bet Be Menachem Av, which would be the name of the month of Av with the coming of Mashiach and the revealing of the Beit HaMikdash with the ingathering of all of the exiles and with Global Geula. Book of Our Heritage brings down that the month of Av, its full name is actually Menachem Av because this is the month in which the Comforter should come. And the birthday of Mashiach is considered to be on Tisha B'Av at the point of midday, which is connected to why we are allowed to rise up from the ground and resume sitting on chairs as normal. So we are on the letter Chet, or as they say in Ashkenaz, Ches. So the letter Chet from the Sefer Otiot says, Chet is the agony of a soul torn apart from itself, the top of your throat and the bottom of your throat fighting against one another. Create the sound of Chet. This is the reason why the Chet yields so many strange and conflicted pairs. So, there's a line drawn down the middle of the paper. On the left, we have chatat or chait, which is sin. <clears throat> a soul torn against itself because it is sure that it is pious. Notice what it says about sin in that it is our soul being torn against itself. It goes on to say, Pang is Hevel, almost dying from birth work, bringing forth life. Going forth, it says, Desecration, which is Hilul. As you may have heard, Hilul Hashem. The secularization, which knows no sanctity, and can only drive souls apart. Chilul Hashem, by the way, is desecration of the name. And as we're talking about secularization, which is akin to assimilation, which is becoming grafted into the world of culture, aesthetics, affluence, materiality, etc., those things are called Hilul. It goes on to say Churban, which is the word for destruction. Churban Bate Mikdash is why we celebrate, why we not celebrate, why we commemorate the three weeks. Why do we have this mournful period and why is the mourning increased as we have entered into the nine days? Because the Churban Bate Mikdash, the destruction of both temples, happened on Tisha B'Av. And may it be so that the 
temples will be raised up, as it were, with the coming of Mashiach and the revealing of the Beit HaMikdash, and may it be built speedily and soon in our days. On the right side, we have Hasid, a pious one. And remember the teaching of the Resh, remember that the Resh teaches us that no one can be a Hasid until they realize that they're a Rasha, which is a wicked one. Only when we're able to come to grips and come to terms and deal with the fact that we are wicked can we then become pious. I like to always point out who did the Mashiach spend most of his time associated with. The vernacular is, I did not come for the righteous, but I came for those who were sick. And what's amazing about those who are sick, it's the spiritual sickness of sin and all of its associates. And if one is tangled and trapped in sin, then it is said that not only do you need to make teshuva from it, but Mashiach himself testifies that he is here for that very reason, to draw sinners to repentance, which is why the Torah was given, which is why the voice of Hashem speaks every single day like it did from Mount Sinai, because we are always to be calling ourselves to repentance. So may we all deal with the fact that we are wicked. May none of us assume ourselves to be righteous as if we have no sin. Because it is at that moment that Hashem's purification is very, very powerful. And the, the revelation of the newness of a creation that we become is just overwhelming. So may the Chet teach us about being a Chassid. Going on to say that if you look at the word Chassid, you have Yad Sach. And remember, Sach, Samechet, is that speaks, and Yad is the hand. So the hand that speaks. The phrase is, or the common uh, saying is, actions speak louder than words. So it is with a Chassid. One who realizes that they are desperately wicked. And that had it not been for Hashem, who knows where we would be. But our actions are what speaks. And our actions of returning to Hashem, grabbing a hold of His Torah, speaking forth His praises, confessing our sins, asking Hashem to deliver us, professing and proclaiming Mashiach Yeshua, speaking forth the good news of redemption, speaking forth the building of the temple, entering into the Shema, Shakarit, Minka, Arvit, the three prayer times a day, continuously turning our heart to God, realizing where we've fallen short, and confessing. At that point, we become a Chassid, we become a Yad Sach. It goes on to say, while life is Chaim, Almost dying and almost living from bringing forth life. While a little group is called a Chavra, a Chavura, a Chavra. It is a small group. It says a small society of souls who join together to accomplish some holy task. 
You may have heard of the Chavra Kadisha, the Chavra Kadisha. There's a small group of souls who join together to accomplish a holy task. Those who take in the Zadaka funds, uh, that there's more than one person as those funds are being collected and taken into the treasury, you can also call them a Chavra as well. It goes on to say, while the marriage canopy is the chupa, a shelter protecting the seedling of another generation. One of the teachings of the letter Chet is that it is a man and a woman coming together in Kiddushin. And as they come together, they themselves are actually the chupa. But the marriage is what is the essence of what the chupa represents. The chupa being a vav connected to a zayin. And remember, the wife is the crown of the husband. The zayin is the letter vav, which stands for man with a crown on it. And that crown turns a vav into a zayin. And so technically with the letter chet, you have the zayin, which is seven, and the vav, which is six. Seven plus six is 13, and the two come together in echad, and now we have the letter chet. Everything about our kiddushin is surrounded with the oneness of Hashem. And this is why the chupa is super important to, to dwell on, that what we enter into is the physical goes away at some point but the essence of it is what is engraved so to speak which is actually the word harut which is the word for engraving but remember the word harut same spelling or same letters change the vowel points is freedom so the Kiddushin becomes Harut and Cherut to the woman and to the man. And Judaism teaches that when a man and a woman enter into Kiddushin, they're considered to be new creations and all sins are forgiven. They are literally born again. So why are we born again through conversion and a mikvah and entering into the covenant? Because we're entering into Kiddushin with Hashem. This is why we have to understand that Yisrael is the wife of Hashem. Goes on to say, from the letters of light, the gematria of Chet is eight. On the eighth day after his birth, a boy has a brit, or commonly called bris. What does a brit have to do with the marriage? Well, one can say that after marriage, there will be children, hopefully, and therefore a breed. But in essence, the number eight represents transcendence, a level beyond nature and intellect. Everything in the world of time revolves around the number seven, the seven days of the week, the seventh year, be, being a sabbatical year, which is called a Shemitah. It says the observance of Hakel every seven years. Eight, however, represents transcendence, a level that is beyond the natural order. Bereshit Rabbah 55.4 tells us, There was a debate between Yitzhak and Yishmael. 
the two sons of Abraham, Yishmael, said, I am better than you. Why? Because I had my breet when I was 13 years old. Remember, the breet, chet, eight. The chet, seven plus six is 13. The vav and the zayin goes on to say, <clears throat> I was 13 years old, therefore I went into it rationally. So Yishmael's argument basically is coming from a place of seven. Going on, it says, I thought about it, made my choice, and I did it. By the way, if you're ever approaching Hashem, ever approaching the Torah, ever approaching Mashiach, and it's off the, the prerequisite or the precedent or the uh, predisposition or the posture, if you ever approach any of that, any of Hashem, with rationality, thinking about it, making your choice and doing it, that's a very dangerous ground to remain at because everything about Hashem takes us beyond all rationality. It takes us beyond our own choices and decisions. It takes us beyond our own actions. We must transcend. And we do this through the letter Chet. And this is the meaning of Ahava, which is the Gematria 13. Ahava is love. And so as we talk about Echad, we're also talking about Ahava, which is love. And remember the first time love is used in the Torah, Bereshit 22, during the passage that gives the account of the Akedah. This is where the father who had one son that he loved and that through this son all his hopes, his dreams, his aspirations and his legacy would endure and Hashem asked him to offer him and there was no hesitance and there was very much enthusiasm very much joy even though it was in the midst of very, very intense uh, battle emotionally, mentally, psychologically. So the place that we should come through the letter Chet, may HaKadosh Baruch help us to be exactly like Abraham, our father, during the Akedah, to remember we have to go beyond rationality. We have to go beyond our own personal choices that we'd rather make. We have to go beyond our own actions that we think that we can do in our own power. If we ever feel that we can be rational and do things in our own power, making our own choices, thinking about it, coming from our own place, then we are no better than Yishmael. Goes on to say, and still, and I still remember it to this day. You, on the other hand, Yitzhak, you don't remember anything you never had that choice. You didn't have the opportunity to agree to it. It was done by force without your consent. That sounds like the, the talk and the brevity of non-Jews today who don't understand Brit Malah. They always see it as an act of cruelty, just like kosher slaughter. But yet, people get tattoos all the time, which, by the way, stain your soul. People eat all kinds of unkosher meat that are slaughtered very, very horribly. They're gassed. They're blunt force trauma. They're electrocuted and so on and so forth. That's fine. But if you're going to kosher slaughter an animal, causing the animal no stress, causing the animal no pain, 
slaughtering the animal according to the way Hakadosh Baruch Hu commanded us, that's not fine. But we can go get tattoos, we can go get piercings, we can go modify our body, but no, we can't make a Brit Milah. Selah. Goes on to say, Yitzhak looked at Yishmael in turn. May we have this response as Yitzhak is having right here. No, on the contrary, I am the one who is better off because I had my breed at eight days rather than at 13 years. What did Yitzhak mean? Lakute Sakot, volume 25, page 86. It says the word Brit means covenant, a bond between two sides, like the Vav and the Zion. If two cohorts like each other, they say, now we are treating each other nicely. We are friends. But what about the future? Let's sit down and make a pact to ensure that we'll be friends forever. Forever means that even though there may come a time, perhaps logically, we should separate Maybe we're not getting along, or one of us is causing the other pain. This pact will keep us together. This pact will keep us together. This breed is the pact a Jew makes with Hakadosh Baruchu on the eighth day of his life. One can say to God, I am not perfect, and I don't follow your Torah to the letter of the law, but you are my God. I am not perfect and I don't follow your Torah to the letter of the law, but you are my God. Therefore, you will protect me. You will sustain me. You will watch over me. That is the Brit Milah. Selah. On the other hand, if God doesn't treat us the way we think we should be treated, even if he allows us to be in Galut, which is exile, one more moment, Chasve Shalom, Hashem forbid, we won't reject Him. We won't forsake Him because we have a breach, a covenant beyond intellect demanding that we stay together. One of the things I've thought about is what if we don't get the temple, this Tisha B'Av, Chasve Shalom, but what if we don't? As I've been thinking and meditating on these things, it's been the impression that that is not the focus. If we spend all of these three weeks saying, if we don't get a Beta Mikdash, or if we get a Beta Mikdash, then dot, dot, dot. That is not the proper posture for these three weeks. The, these three weeks are to bring out within us exactly what we just read. That we cleave and attach ourselves to Hashem, regardless of how we feel we should be treated, regardless of how well or how not well we have done in our service to Hashem, that we are together, i.e., you who cling to Hashem are alive today. Can you hear our tone? We can thus understand the advantage of Brit done on the eighth day versus one done at 13 years even though a person has free will in the latter case his choice is made on a rational level anything we do on a rational level keeps us bound to the constraints of time everyone 
Continuing on, it says, in contrast, a breet that is performed on the eighth day represents one's bond with God that defies all levels of intellect and natural order. In much the same way, the Jewish people's marriage to God is also a relationship that transcends logic. It is supra-rational covenant, bonding both parties for eternity. This is the letter Chet. And another excerpt cited by Ishpelah Shlita from the Aleph Beit, uh, which is by Rabbi Ginsberg. The letter Chet, the life dynamic of Ratzo Veshov, run and return. If you've heard the Chukat PSI on my podcast episodes, and there I go into an insight from the Kute Torah that says that the Para Aduma is the mitzvah of the Torah, the red heifer, and it symbolizes run and return, Rato Veshov. And this is the essence of Torah is to go out and return, go out and return, go out and return, just like our week. We count up to Shabbat, we enter into Shabbat, and then we have to leave Shabbat. One day we won't have to leave Shabbat. But even then, we're still going to be running and returning because we're still going to have Shabbat, we're still going to have Yom Tov, especially including Rosh Chodeshim. So Rosh Hodesh, if we're not familiar with Rosh Hodesh now, um, might want to start getting ahead of that because uh, that's going to be Olam Haba stuff. Continuing on in the Aleph Bet, Ishpelah would like us to note life bones. As I say this statement that he highlighted. It says, Chet is the letter of life. Chaim from the root Chayah that it says whose most important letter is Chet and it says we are taught in Hasidut that there are two levels of life and it says bones it says essential life Chai Be'atzim the life of the bones life bones and it says and Chayim Le Hachayot it says, life to enliven. God himself, as it were, is in the state of essential life. God himself is in Chai Be'edzim, essential life. His creative power, continually permeating all of reality, is life to enliven. So in the Jewish soul, the essence of its root, at one with God, Possesses the state of essential life. The Jewish soul possesses the state of essential life. And it goes to say, the reflection of the light of the soul, which shines below to enliven the body and its physical experience, is at the level of life to enliven. This is why, what is the purpose of a Jew? We talked about this in previous episodes of the Bain Hametzrim series. 
And it says, the second level of life, life as we know it in general, manifests itself as pulsation, the secret of run and return. According to the Arizal, the letter Chet is constructed by combining the two previous letters, Vav and Zayin. It says, with a thin bridge-shaped line referred to as the Chatoteret, the hunchback. It says, the new energy affected by the union of Vav or Yashar and Zayin or Choser is the secret of hovering or touching yet not touching. You know, I think about Mashiach as he walked on the water. Kepha also doing the same. I think about the voice of Hashem that spoke from between the Keruvim on the ark. You know, it's touching yet not touching. Goes on to say, the image of hovering appears at the beginning of creation. Veruach Elohim merachefet al tahom. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face, hovering over the water. The word hovering, merachefet, is the 18th, which is chai, chet yod, word in the Torah. It is the first word in the Torah, which is numerically a multiple of 26, which is the, devout, which is the value of the divine name. So the, the word Merachefet is a multiple of 26, which corresponds to Hashem's divine name. So hovering is a multiple of the divine name of Hashem, Merachefet. Say la. Goes on to say, I was just looking at this word to see if there are any other words in here. Not seeing one at the moment. Baruch Hashem. Okay, it goes on to say, uh, It's, it's the word poor, as in uh, lot, which is also connected to uh, kippurit. And minus the vav, I do see the word parochit with a mem. So you have the parochit mem, the mem as a parochit. So pay, resh, chet, tav, parochit. So the hovering, the parochit being the division between the holy place and the holy of holies. Basically where creation touches, yet not touches, spirituality. The holy of holies was considered to be a space with that was outside of time and space. If you study about the ark, the ark was actually bigger than the Holy of Holies, but yet it fits inside of the Holy of Holies. And remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu contracted himself down 
to the small space between the Keruvim so that he would speak from atop the cover of the ark. It goes on to say in the Aleph Beit, it is the first word in the Torah, which is the numerical, um, which is numerically a multiple of twenty-six. The value of the name Hashem, Merakhefit, is seven hundred and twenty-eight, which equals twenty-six times twenty-eight. Twenty-eight is the numerical value of Koach, which is power. Thus, the full secret implied by the numerical value of the word Merakhefit, hovering, is the power of Hashem. The power of Hashem, by the way, according to the hovering, is shown that Rashi brings down that this is the spirit of Mashiach hovering over the waters and the Bereshit passage. And uh, other sources say it's the throne of glory. We also know the throne of glory and the spirit of Mashiach are Echad. And we do know that the Torah came from the throne of God, which is made of sapphire. And we do know the Torah is the word of God, which is the power of God. The voice of God is in power, as is written in Tehillim. And we also see, when we connect this all the way to Mashiach Yeshua walking on the water, during the torrential downpour and storm, winds and waves. And by the way, he caused all those things to be at Shalom, Selah. But that is the power of Hashem. It goes on to say in Kabbalah, this word is in particular the secret of the divine power to resurrect the 288 fallen sparks that died in the process of the breaking of the vessels. Merachefet being a permutation of Met Reshpechet. Reshpechet, by the way, is 288. The word Met is death. So we're saying the death of the 288, i.e. 288 have died. It says the sages teach us that the Spirit of God here referred to is in fact the soul of Mashiach, which permutates to Shem Chai, the living name. It goes on to say hovering is symbolized in Torah as an eagle arouses her nest and hovers over her young as taught by the Magid of Mezrich in order not to crush her young and their nest the eagle hovers over her nest when feeding her young touching yet not touching remember Mashiach's words he says how I long to gather you in like a, a mother wants to gather in her nurslings which is all euphemism for the building of the Beit HaMikdash, which is actually called the bird's nest. So foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Talking about the destruction of the temple. How fitting for the time that we're in. But the beautiful thing is, just like the joy set before Mashiach, he offered himself up. So we must do this all the day until the resurrection, until the building of the Beit HaMikdash. In this time where we are sojourning in the world, we must realize that we are to touch yet not touch. And we are to anticipate the arrival of our Mashiach. Anticipate the building of the Beit HaMikdash. King Yehidatom may be soon in our days. It says, the eagle here is a metaphor 
for God in relation to his children, Yisrael in particular, and to the totality of his creation in general. Where Were God to either fully reveal his ultimate presence or withdraw his power of continuous recreation, the world would instantly would instantaneously cease to exist. Therefore, by hovering over created reality, God continues to sustain and nourish the creation, nourish his creation, while simultaneously allowing each creature in allowing each creature or in the terminology of Kabbalah, Kabbalah, each vessel the ability to grow and develop independently. By the way, the 288 sparks is when the light that was before creation was shown before creation. There was a shattering of whatever vessels that there that exist or that used to exist. And out of those shattered vessels came what we know from the first letter bet in the Torah. So this world was actually began in a state of brokenness. So the the whole thing about the shattering of the vessels before creation, that is what that is talking about. And how beautiful that is for us to understand that anytime we feel broken and shattered in our life, remember, creation began that way. And look at what Hashem said after shining forth the light into the brokenness, into the darkness. He said it is good. Seven days later, bringing us into the Shabbat. And had it not been for our sin, we would have actually gone into an eighth day. And we would have gone beyond. But that is for a later time. May it be so in our days. It goes on to say the letter Chet thus hints at the delicate balance between the revelation of God's presence to us, the Vav of the letter Chet, and the concealment of his creative power from his creation, which is the Zayin of the letter Chet. So between the two letters that come together to make the letter Chet, we have the revelation of God's presence to us and his creative power from his creation. Putting those things together in a delicate balance, we have the letter Chet. It says, This state of hovering, touching yet not touching, is the beginning of the phenomenon of life to enliven, touching yet not touching from the above or from above thereafter reflects itself as run and return and the inner pulsation of every living creature and the living creatures run and return like the appearance of lightning. Remember Ezekiel chapter one, he talks about the Hashmal, which is the word for lightning or electricity, that action causes sparks. So when we talk about gathering in sparks, we're talking about gathering in not only ourself, but gathering in those others who run and return to Hashem. Our whole life is run and return. We cleave to Hashem and we get momentarily sidetracked and we realize that we have been sidetracked and we return and cleave to Hashem. We also study, we pray, we meditate, and then we go out and we work. 
we go do things in creation uh, like the mitzvot and we charge up creation as it were and bring that back to Hashem and we create sparks and as we continue to make these sparks in the world rectified we continue to manifest redemption into all of creation King Yehidat's own Bezrat Hashem it says, and the living creatures run and return like the appearance of lightning. Do not read Chayot, living creatures, but read Chayut, which is life force. And the life force runs and returns like the appearance of lightning. And remember, the Mashiach's appearance is likened to lightning, according to the gospel accounts. It goes on to say, the Chatolteret that arch that connects the Vav and the Zayin says that sublime thin line that connects the two components or motion of the life to enliven itself points upward it hints at he who lives at the summit of the world God's essential life in truth his essence paradoxically fills and sustains all created reality while simultaneously hovering high above the level of the hovering life force itself, unfathomable and beyond all human perception. This is another point to why we must stay humble because no matter how much we learn, no matter how much we grow, Hashem, the Holy One, blessed be He, is far beyond so far that it is unfathomable, our human perception. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the letter Chet, may you establish it in creation and bring forth the revealing of the Beit HaMikdash. Reveal the final Geula, send Mashiach ben David, bring us out of exile, and even more so, Adonai, bring all of your sparks together, Adonai, and redeem your Shekinah from exile. We all say Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai.